most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin. A.K.A. MMA Anomaly and Emiliano, A.K.A. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, A.K.A. MMA Anomaly, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the most. Jab Turkey Nano, how we doing, brother? Feeling good, living better, brother. Weird. Oh. Hey, man, it's a it's a fantastic Wednesday hump day. Hump we got day. a big Carter breakdown, brother. A UFC pay per view two ninety five. Take us away, man. I can't wait for it. You already know what time it is, man. It's UFC 295 time, folks. Uh, we are here. We are live. And it's the MMA anomaly and the jive. And uh, apologies for the late start here, guys. You know, usually uh, we're right on time. But it is November. Uh, jive Turkey was stuck in a traffic jam. As you know, Turkey is in high demand this month, folks. So um, to be expected. Uh, moving forward into the show, though. There's not going to be any other incidents in this show. I can promise you that because we have a stacked card to talk about, folks. Top to bottom, left to right, front to back. Any way you slice it, this card, it just has fireworks written all over it. Am I right, Nano? You gosh darn right. We're keeping the filter today, even though it's a no for the show. Maybe I should say, you goddamn right. You goddamn right, man. It's an exciting card. I mean, the more I break it down, the more you see so many fights for us this upcoming weekend. Again, it's a pay-per-view, so you got to get in early and enjoy those early prelims. But you're going to want to tune in. You're going to want to ask your close friends to, hey, let's split this card, you know, let's or let's play for keeps. Maybe, you know, let's spar for who, who actually has to ensure that this happens. But, um no man, this is this is worth all the money. Again, this has pay-per-view rent all over it. The early prelims, prelims to the main event, everything about it. Saturday is fight night, and that's all you need to know. Absolutely, my friend. Um, I mean, Saturday is is for the boys, right? And for the girls and for anybody else that's into fights. Can we just be honest here? Let's call a spade a spade. Um again. This fight night, or it's not a fight night, it's a fucking pay-per-view. It's UFC 295. What are we saying here? Uh, It's stacked from top to bottom. And again, I would be remiss if we didn't go through this pretty much the whole card in its entirety. Um, We will obviously be doing further breakdowns for the fights that we're mostly excited about. But 
We're going to do a little sprinkle on every single fight here on this card. So starting at the very bottom of the card here, we got Dennis Bazookia coming in against Jamal Emmers. I mean, there's a huge, huge discrepancy as far as the, um, I don't know, the, the career, the resume, the fight acumen that we have here. Uh, we're, we're talking about someone who's got a grand total, okay, of what, 11 fights coming in against someone who's got 26 fights. So, I mean, again, huge discrepancy. One man has had twice the experience as the other man. Um, but it's, again, it's not always a very clean cut study when you see the more experienced man coming in against the newcomer. Though this newcomer, Dennis Bazooka, he's eight and three, while his opponent, Jamal Embers, is 19 and seven. Um, this. This is a very intriguing matchup for me in the featherweight division. Both of these guys stand at 5'8". Uh, however, there's a very different reach here. You got a three and a half inch reach advantage on the side of Jamal Emmers. However, Dennis Bazooka knows how to get inside the pocket and land big shots. Uh, Nano, do you have a dog in this fight or, or how, how are you feeling about this one, brother? I love it. I love it. Great analysis so far there. And yeah, great, great fight to lead off this pay-per-view event we got a dennis bazooka aka i feel like his nickname should be bazooka i almost want to say it as i'm you know saying it out loud i feel like bazooka feels dennis, like a good name bazooka bazooka, bazooka. that feels that feels right man it, it rolls feels right off right. the tongue feels right but no you're right i mean a dennis bazooka again somebody who is the younger fighter and if you were tuned in on Monday, you know I like my young bucks. You know I'm typically going to go for the guy that's the younger fighter here. But not in, the, not in this situation. It's a pay-per-view. You know, it's a, we, it calls for a different uh, a different self. It calls for a different set of lens here, okay? And, and the reality is, like you mentioned before, uh, we have two fighters here going in. And it could be a potential pick em, But the reality is, as much as I like Dennis, the bazooka... Let's see if it lands. Bazooka. Uh, I do like Jamal Emmers. I mean, a little bit, a little bit of the older veteran here. And, and again, I usually like my young bucks, but I think this old bull is going to teach the young calf a couple lessons. Okay. And the reason being is he, he's seen better. He has more Octagon experience. I mean, like you mentioned here, we're talking to someone that has less than 15 fights against someone that has over 25 fights. I mean, at this stage and, and in this weight class, which is very competitive, you, you got to root for the guy that has, again, a little more tread on the tires. And Jamal Amers is, is no one is no slouch. OK, even though he's coming off a loss, which, OK, let me say that loss is again to Jack Jenkins. Dude's a stud. OK, he's up through the roof. His, his ceiling is is very high. So. AKA the leg breaker, the leg taker, the leg breaker, this guy, the one, the only double J's right out there in, in Australia. The dude's a savage. Okay. So we can't hold that loss against him. Okay. So let's look, look prior to that. And he's coming off some wins again. Jamal Embers has a lot of UFC octagon experience. And I think that's going to show to lead off this pay-per-view card here. He's going to edge out a decision. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be fireworks. We're going to see some good high-level striking. But all things considered, give me Jamal. Emmers, give me 
give me the veteran. I, again, this is this is not a typical jive turkey pick here. You know I like my young bucks, but I'm going to take the old calf on this one. Take the old buck on this. I'm going to take Jamal Amherst by decision win, but it's going to be a great way to start off this favorite review card. Well, I, uh, I got to be honest. I kind of had a feeling you were going to take Jamal Pretty Boy Amherst. You're kind of a pretty boy yourself there, Nano. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, myself... I got to go with the gritty guy. I got to go with the bazooka himself. I got to go with the great. You know what I'm saying? This man's fighting out of Sarah Longo. Uh, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and flash this up here again real quick. Come on, guys. It's the Sarah Longo parlay. You know we're going to go over that later on in the show. Come and you on. know it's going to hit in New York. You know what I'm saying? Um we're, we're going to hit that. We're going to hit that. They're going to hit that. We're going to get that. But it's all going to start with a bang. It's all going to start with an explosion. It's all going to start with a bazooka, dare I say. Um, Dennis the Great, a.k.a. the Bazooka, Pazooka, coming in against Jamal Emmers. Again, this man is a beast, right? He's got four TKOs, one submission, six decisions. He is a grindy fighter. Came into Dana White's Contender Series back in 2022 against Kylio Romero, excuse me, and uh, got the unanimous decision win. However, was not impressive enough to get a UFC contract. What did he do? He went and got three more wins that he strained together. He got a win over Bayman Carmo. He got a win over Mark Gregory Valerio. He got a win over Soslin Abanakov. And that last win was a rear naked choke. The one before that, a TKO via punches. Uh, again, the man did not take the easy path by any means. Oh, and before that Dana White Contender Series win back in 2022, he actually competed on that uh, show back in 2020 as well and suffered a loss. So he competed on Dana White's Contender Series not once, but twice twice didn't get a contract not once but twice and here he is his first entry match in the ufc it's not this weekend it was actually this year earlier not much earlier just back in august against sean woodson uh, if you ask my fiance's sister she'll tell you sean woodson is the uh oddest built human being she's ever seen and um man his body's kind of perfect for muay thai though definitely look him up uh google that guy built kind of like an alien um from the planet Muay Thai. Uh, so not not a huge, crazy loss there. Again, that's like losing to a big-name legend, in my opinion, because Sean Woodson is one of those guys that's um, very, very hard to adapt to, and he always seems to have an answer for the opponents he faces. So Dennis, the great bazooka, I think he's going to come out there and show that he has improvements, and I think he's also going to show that He's a really bad matchup for Jamal Pretty Boy Emmers, who has lost three decisions, two submissions, and two KOs. Um, most recently, he is two and three out of his last five, losing to Jack Jenkins, Pat Sabatini, who's also on this card, and Giga Chikadze. Giga Chikadze got the split decision edge over him. He got heel hooked by Pat Sabatini, and then he got split decision edges out again over, Jack, uh, over him via Jack Jenkins. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I don't think the bazooka is going to come out here and get the finish, but I do think he's going to come out here and get a grindy, windy finish. Uh, not finish. A grindy, windy victory. Probably a split decision um, victory for the bazooka to start off my parlay. I like it. I like it. It's a pay-per-view. Why not bring out the big guns? And the UFC knows what they're doing. Dana White and, and, and team, they know. 
people are going to tune in, even if it's just the casuals. Oh, let me just see what's going on. Oh, first side of the night. Oh my gosh, just some bangers. Let's go. These dudes have a lot to fight for. And we're going to see some fireworks. High level striking. I'm excited as all hell. And that's a good bet, brother. We're going to stay tuned for a few more good bets. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, moving right on along. We are going to skip. Let's see here. Uh, we can go ahead and skip one fight. We'll skip Joshua Van versus Kevin Borjas. Uh, we'll move right into John Castaneda versus Kang Hyung Ho, a.k.a. Kyung Ho Kang. Um, Kyung Ho Kang is who I'm hot on in this fight. I, I really think that this man... Mr. Perfect brings a lot of skills to the table. He's 19 and nine, uh, which to some people looks like a kind of wishy-washy record to me. It looks like a man who's seen a lot of action inside of the cage. Um, and he's an absolute beast. He's fighting out of South Korea, and Mr. Perfect can do it all, folks. He's only got two KOs slash TKOs to his name, but he's got 12 submissions and five decisions. Um, he's only lost again nine times but only been knocked out once only been submitted once so he's only been finished twice um and again hani yaya is not someone to to be super bummed that you lost to ricardo hamos not somebody that you should really be super bummed you lost to um chico Camas even is, is is a beast and that was his second fight in the UFC. By the way, his first fight in the UFC was fucking Bruce Leroy, and that was a no contest. So, um, absolutely beast, uh, beastly man in Mr. Perfect out here. And, and again, he's fought your Brandon Davises. He's fought Batgirl Dana. Um, he's fighting. He's fought in Christian Canones. So he's fought a who's who in this division of the UFC. Um, that being said. Standing across from him, we got Sexy Mexi, guys. We got Sexy Mexi John Castaneda himself fighting out of Mankato, Minnesota, United States of America here. Um, you got to think the crowd's probably going to get a couple of, you know, dicey little USA chants going, which is always hilarious. Um, but I digress. This man is a beast. He's got wins over Miles Johns, Eddie Wineland, Marcelo Rojo, uh, Muin Gafarov. However, in his last five fights, he's only three and two, right? So he he does have some dings on the record. Um, Daniel Santos, Nathaniel carved of wood. Definitely going to try and make that stick. Uh, but again, this man is pretty diverse, right? He's 20 and six, eight by KO slash TKO, six submissions, six decisions, very well-rounded, pretty much the fucking epitome of well-rounded. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm staying away from this one when it comes to the betting odds. But as a fan of Mr. Perfect, I'm pretty worried about him, man. I think Sexy Maxi might have his number in this one. What are your thoughts? Ooh-wee. That's a spicy pick, brother. I was I was not expecting you to pick the... Uh, the... the, the um, Oh, geez. The Vegas pick there. I was going to say the underdog, but then I'm like, oh, no. I'm surprised to see that uh, Mr. Perfect is the underdog here. Mr. Perfect is not the perfect betting pick. So, uh, again, maybe it's because he's on the back nine of his career at 36 years old. But, again, he is coming off a win off Christian Quinones, who we got very familiar with on the Ultimate Fighter Series, who looked really good. Unfortunately, Mr. Perfect kept his name and, and continued to look Mr. Perfect. 
Uh, but again, he's going up against another guy here, Sexy Mexi, which again, I'm Mexican. I hate to be biased. You know, you're based out of California, or well, America as well, uh, here in John Castaneda, but and the younger guy. So I am going to ultimately lean that way. But I'll tell you what, though, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, Mr. Perfect, I mean, he has a way to, to, to make some upsets. I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, he, he's on more of a winning streak as of recent. And being a uh, Christian Quinones, someone who was just coming off of, uh, again, the Ultimate Fighter series, has a lot to fight for. And he was like, hey, you're going to stop this hype, this hype train right in this tracks right now. And I'm going to go ahead and take that. And stylistically, I mean, the dude has all the skills. I want to lean sexy Mexi here, but I think we're going to have to have a shot on this fight because I do think that Mr. Perfect is going to find a way to squeeze out a victory by decision. These are two high-level fighters. Nobody's going to get finished here, and they typically don't. And if you see a lot of their fights historically, you're not going to see a lot of finishes here at all. But, man, I just... Mr. Perfect, man, he has a little bit more momentum. And like you said, I mean... John Castaneda, he's lost to a, a Nathaniel made of wood, carved of wood, wood. And and, and that tells me you, you kind of have to use some a little bit of MMA math. You got to use some parameters here. And, you know, maybe John Castaneda is not is not breaking through that threshold yet. Maybe he's still, you know, where he's at. But again, you got to miss a perfect in front of you. It's. It might as well be carved as wood. Might as well be carved as steel or vibranium or something that's just just out of your reach. So (laughs) I'm going to have to take Mr. Perfect on this one. I'm taking the old buck. Wow. I'm shocked, bro. Usually, usually you go with the young man. I, um, who am I? If I had to pick, put a gun to my head, I'm picking, I'm picking Mr. Perfect too. Uh, I just, I think sexy Maxi might be a very bad matchup for him. His style, stylistically, he opens very quickly. Um, when he does well, he does really well. Uh, like that Eddie Wineland knockout in the very first round, it took four minutes and 44 seconds, but Mr. Perfect is also a very game guy. Like, again, only took two minutes and 25 seconds in his very last performance here against Christian Quinones. So either way, I think maybe the under is the way to go here, guys. Um, But I'm going for Mr. Perfect. He's at the end of his career or closer to it. And, uh, you know, as an older guy myself, that's who we go for. So here we go. Uh, Moving into the next fight. Guys, we are brushing right through these early prelims and brushing right into a fight between Jared Flash Gordon and the Olympian himself, Mark O. Madsen. Nano, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Who you got? Brother, this is a fun stylistic fight. I'm surprised this is on the early prelims. I mean, maybe there'll be some shuffling at some point. I don't know. I'm using ESPN here. Maybe things will change, but the fact that this is headlining the early prelims, maybe that just goes to show that there's plenty of talent out there in the UFC, but I digress. This has prelim main event. This has main event written all over it. We had a Jared Gordon here, 35 years old. As much as I want to, you know, talk him up, I will say he's, he's coming off a tumultuous couple fights here. You know, he did lose to a Patty Pimblet, who some may argue he may have won. But 
Ball don't lie. Judges don't lie. Unfortunately, that was an L on the record books. And then he goes in and he fights a Bobby Green who, since that fight, Bobby Green has proven to be a guy. I mean, all of a sudden, Bobby Green is a household name. Bobby Green is on main events. Bobby Green is knocking people out. But again, the only reason why he's a no contest to Bobby Green because Bobby Green was being a little bit, little bit of Bobby Greenish and headbutted him. Uh, we're, we're, I'm paraphrasing here. Let, let me just say he did not actually headbutt him intentionally. There was a head collision that, you know, Jared was trying to go in and counter and c- heads were collided. Okay. So both were headstrong on that one. I was trying to paint a narrative that it was Bobby Green's fault, but let's be honest. It was no one. It was an accidental clash of heads. So in all actuality, Jared Gorham just really just had a, bad case of just unfortunate luck but the reality is dude's a savage and he is a favorite to win this fight however marco Matson, a wrestling guy a dude that will just wrestle f you all night long i just for whatever reason again i think i'm gonna keep my trend all here for the older buck oh no Oh, not long. Or like, or as my colleague Ola was saying, oh, not long. A little bit of extra, you know, Sunday night love there. Because again, it's just, we're getting nothing but love in this fight. This is a, this is a, a fan favorite. This is a, a, a benefit for us. A little extra treat, you know, Halloween just sent it. But this is a little extra, you know, candy in the basket. This is going to be a great fight. But I do think that although I do think I think Jared Gorn is a talented fighter. If it were strictly a stand-up fight, I do think Jared Gorn has a, a great path to victory. However, Marco Madsen is a wrestler. And I think this is going to be a wrestling match. And I do think Marco Madsen will find a way to wrestle our boy Jared Gorn here. And, and edge out a victory. This is our my first underdog that I'm taking, but... I do like Marco Matson, man. It, it's crazy for me to take someone that's the elder. But for whatever reason, this pay-per-view, I, I think they, they're testing me. They know. They know I like they like my my young bulls, but or my young cats, but these old bulls, brother, I'm telling you. I mean, Marco Matson's built a little different. And and Jared Gordon has a lot of issues with wrestlers. I'm curious to hear your breakdown, but I'm gonna take the wrestler guy that doesn't typically get knocked out. He's not someone to be known to be put away. In fact, he's he, he's ever been knocked out in his 13 fights. So give me the Olympic wrestler in Marco Matson on this one. Talk me off the ledge here, brother. Well, that's exactly what I'm here to do, Nano, is talk you off that ledge. Um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can make that face again. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going to go with Drew here in the chat. Welcome to the chat, Drew. Love to see you there, brother. Um, Flash, ah, savior of the universe. Um, Flash Gordon is going to come out here and get the damn thing done. Because what Marco Madsen brings to the table in Olympic wrestling, Flash Gordon brings to the table in MMA grappling. It's very different, okay? Because let me tell you, son, 
if you tell me, hey, I'm, I was the best wrestler in my entire high school, and I tell you that I know kickboxing, well, when you're coming in and you're trying to take me down, it's very different when I'm punching you in the face, when I'm kneeing you in the face, when I'm kicking you, when you're coming in. Uh, so, I mean, there's just a number of threats that Mark O. Madsen has not had to face in the Olympics when shooting for these takedowns. He is a brilliant grappler. But Flash Gordon is a pretty damn gifted fighter. I wouldn't say he's the best mixed martial artist in the world, but he's a damn good fighter. There's a difference between those two things. And um, I truly believe that he is just a stunningly skilled fighter in every facet of the work. So I think Jared Gordon is going to come out here and I think he is going to get it done in emphatic fashion. I think he actually gets the finish here against a very game Olympic medalist, Mark O. Madsen. That's my take. Well, I think one of us might be getting drunk on Saturday or maybe we'll split 50-50. Maybe we'll both be drunk, but either way, it's going to be fun. Fun night, ladies and gentlemen. Better tune in. Let's go. You already know. You already know. I won't uh, be surprised. Said, I won't are... be surprised. I'll be honest. Dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are moving right into the preliminary card here, folks. Uh, we got to address the elephant in the room here, obviously. One of the fights I was very much looking forward to is canceled. Uh, Matt Schnell versus Steve Ursig is off the card. Um, I'm sure we're going to get that at a very, very near later date. Um, that being said, guys, the fight cards or the fight starting off this preliminary card is uh, got banger written all over. We got Nazim Sadikov coming in against Slava Claus himself. That's right. We're talking about Vyacheslav Borslev. Um, man's an absolute beast. He trains out of Team Alpha Male, or if Drew uh, was in the chat, uh, was in the actual episode, he would call them Team Alpha Fail. He's not a fan, obviously, uh, but I am. Love those guys. Think they train future champions. Um, even though Dominic Cruz had their number for some time, you know, every team has their kryptonite. That being said, Nazim Sadikov is, um, I would say he's the definition of a son of a bitch if he's standing across from you in the cage because he's gritty, he's tenacious, and honestly, he's dangerous. He's got a lot of skills that he can use on you, right? Uh, the Black Wolf, as they call him, fighting out of Erzbejan. I'm sure I mispronounced that. Um He's undefeated since his very first professional fight. He lost his first fight via rear naked choke in the very first round. After that, he went on to get two first round finishes via TKO punches. Um, one was considered a KO, the other TKO. And then again, from that, it, it just kind of goes on, right? So racked up a lot of wins in CFFC, racked up a lot of wins in Fury, and then made it to Dana White's Contender Series got the KO in round three, less than two minutes in. And then in his very first fight, he got a doctor stoppage followed by his next fight, getting a rear naked choke in the second round. This man is a stud. This man is a finisher. This man is the type of person that Dana White loves having on a fight card and just salvates over being able to put on a preliminary fight card. This is the option of fighters. He has, he can put studs like this on a preliminary card. And that's why I think it's pretty safe to say I'm going with Nazim Sadikov here, guys, you know, he's fighting out of Sarah Longo. And this, this man's just a fucking stud guys. No, no, where's your heart at? And even, even better. Where's your wallet at? 
Who you got in this? <laughs> well, though we've been contrary up until this point, I'm going to have to agree with you here, brother. I mean, Nazim Sadikov, like you mentioned, I mean, dude's a stud. He's a little bit younger here. He's a little bit more hungry. I feel like 100% takedown accuracy. I mean, when the dude wants to take a takedown, he'll go ahead and go ahead and get that. Uh, but like you mentioned, I mean, he has much more to fight for in the sense. Well, I should, they're both motivated. I shouldn't say that. But what I will say is Nazim is on a nine fight win streak. Dude just is in a different place in his MMA career. Let me put it that way. Different. He's in a different point in his fighting career where he's just locked in. I mean, you want to talk about someone that's in their flow state, someone that is just seeing nothing but big targets. That's going to be the black wolf. I mean, that's just, that's just what he does. You know, six KOs out of his nine wins. And as, as much as I think that, you know, Vyacheslav will, AKA Slava could bring or pose some, uh, some big threats. He did lose the Mark Diakisi, uh back in 2022 which we just got to see more recently and there's levels to this i mean the mma math i mean people that are able to use their distancing you know cut the angles and at the end of the day like stack wins i mean if you have nine wins in a row i don't care if you're an amateur coming into your pros regardless if you could if you could be nine nine and no in most relevant times then it's a big deal. I'm going to go ahead and take Nazim there. And again, I just think he has more skills. They they both are very talented fighters, but ah, this guy's hungry, man. This guy just looks like he's next level, man. We might be talking about him a lot in the upcoming future. I know you're right about it. Um, that being said, since we're in agreement, we'll go ahead and jump right into the next one. We got Mateos Rebecki, uh, who is a stud, standing at 17 and 1, coming in against. Again, the very definition of a dog. Um, Roosevelt, the Predator, Roberts. That name might sound familiar to you vaguely, and that's because we saw him in the UFC. He went on a bit of a skid in the UFC after looking very promising. He came into Dana White's Contender Series all the way back in 2018, beating Garrett Cross or Garrett Gross, sorry, in the second round uh, via rear naked choke. Got the contract. Came in, got a win over Darrell Horcher, then got a win over Thomas Gifford, and then lost to Vince from Hell Pichel, who was supposed to fight on last week's card, but didn't have to because his opponent missed weight like a sack of potatoes. Uh, And then after that, he got wins over Alexander Yakovlev, got a win over Brock Weaver. Um, Ended up fighting another notable name that you may have heard of, Jim fucking Miller, folks. He fought that guy. Uh, He lost to him, which is fine because it's fucking Jim Miller. And he got submitted in the first round. Again, it's fine. It's Jim Miller. Um, He then had a no contest that was overturned by the NSAC against Kevin Kroom. And after that, fought Ignacio Bahamondes and lost via spinning wheel kick knockout. So since those those kind of three back-to-back losses, one of which overturned, he went on a, a two-fight win streak here against uh, Darren Smith in LXF7 and then Alessandre Almeida in EFC 47. And EFC, again, if that sounds familiar, that's Khabib's old promotion that he stopped running here uh, after stepping completely away from MMA. Eagle Fight Club or Eagle Fighting Championship, depending on who's running their social media on any given day. Um, now, again, Roosevelt Roberts, 
even more so than why he might sound familiar than his previous UFC tenure, he fought in this most recent season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I was actually cheering him on. I thought he was a really great competitor on that season. So great on him. They're giving him a shot in the UFC after all. But man, tough night at the office coming in against Chenzik Mateos Rebecki fighting out of freaking Poland. The only thing colder than Poland is this man and his heart. Um, again, we're looking at someone who hasn't lost in a very long time. Man hasn't lost since 2014, but good news for Roosevelt Roberts. He did lose his one time via KO punches, and Roosevelt has a hell of a striking arsenal and uh, just as much in his actual submission arsenal. So when it comes to this one, I mean, we're looking at a tale of two tapes, right? We're looking at a guy who's just a little bit older, two years older, but looks untouchable. Um, has only had one fight in the UFC, though, against Loic Razabov, and he got the early TKO. What happens when he hits someone and they don't go down? I think Roosevelt Roberts might end up being here to teach him something. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Nano? Because my heart is telling me Roosevelt Roberts, but the paper is telling me to, to not bet on this at all because Rebecca's probably going to ruin my night. I feel like if you're going to bet anywhere, you might want to bet on Matus, Chingsik, Rebecca. I mean, this guy, 18 and 1, 31 years old. Although we are much more familiar with Roosevelt Roberts. And again, he looked great. Great striker. But unfortunately, I mean, let's call it spade a spade. He might be a little bit one dimensional. Okay. And we're talking about him going off, uh, facing off against a fighter from Poland. 15 fight win streak. 15. This guy has not sniffed a loss in the last decade. I mean, this guy is an absolute savage. Out of his 18 wins, nine of them are knockouts, six of them submission. I just think he's a much better, well-rounded fighter. He's averaging three more takedowns a fight than his opponent here in Roosevelt. And again, just to reiterate, as much as I think Roosevelt Roberts has that puncher's chance, which, yes, a lot of these UFC fighters do. I mean, I think most of them do. I just think Matus, Matisse, Matus, 18-1, when it comes to that kind of record, that kind of pedigree, that kind of, that kind of stylistic uh, presence that you're going to bring in, it's over, man. Forget about it. I mean, give me give me the guy that just has more tools in the toolbox. Give me the guy that can take down the striker and, and have his way. So I am going to lean Matisse here, but I do like Roosevelt Roberts and I, and I hope for the best, but it's just, man, this is a bad matchup. I don't know if he pissed Dana White off or what, but this is this is not going to be a good one for him. It's kind of like when you like you ask your buddy, hey, man, I really need some work. Could you give me a job? And he's like, yeah, I have a job for you. And then you show up like, dude, thanks. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate that. And he's like, go grab that shovel. You're going to be shoveling horse shit all day. Um but I did give you a job. That's pretty much what Dana did to Roosevelt Roberts here. Uh, <laughs> like I vouched for you. Like I vouched for you. You better get it done. It's like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I gave you a job. Um, I didn't say it was going to be one you're happy about. <laughs> that was never negotiated. Put myself was never out part there, of the deal. <laughs> he did not talk about 
about it. We did not talk about <laughs> it. Uh, speaking of talking about it, we got to talk about it when it comes to Baby Shark. Do 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 do. You know, I'm talking about Tabitha Ricci coming in against someone that makes us a little loopy. We're talking about Loopy, Lupita Cadenas, um, coming in against Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci, 28 years old versus 30 years old, 5'1 versus 5'2, 61 inches versus 61 reaches. Good Lord, Mike Goldberg would say, everything here is virtually identical. Um, these two women are, are very, very similar. Uh, I think we can both agree on that. I think I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because I have a, I think I have a controversial pick here. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Oh, baby. I love that. I love that. Great little, uh, little snippet there. But again, we're talking about the Tabitha baby shark, baby shark, baby shark. Who is a beast at fighting? Uh, at 20 years old, like you mentioned, man, I mean, nine and one, Three submissions, one knockout by victory. She is on a four or five win streak. And not just any four fighters. We're talking about a Pollyanna Viana. We're talking about a Jessica Penne Pasta. And most recently against a Juliana Robertson. Again, as look really good, really slick on her feet. She's fast. She's, she knows how to move. And she's Brazilian. So she's got that groundwork as well. But man, I tell you what. And maybe we're going to agree here because maybe this is the unpopular pick, but I am Mexican. My name is Emiliano. I go by Jive Turkey Nano. Uh, but we're talking about a, after we talk about Tabitha Ricci, we're talking now about a Lupita Lupi Godinez, 30 years old, 11 and 3, 8 wins by decision. I mean, this girl has grit like no other. She is on the 3 1 win streak. Although she lost to Angela Hill, let's let's see, I'll put that behind us because Angela Hill is a beast. Uh, she did beat Cynthia Calvillo. She did beat Anthony Duke, Emily Ducate, uh, and most recently, at least Reed by submission. I just think Lupi Lupita Godinez has more ways to win than Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci. As much as I want to root for. I mean, as much as the look that she has and, you know, she's doing the interviews with her baby shark. I got to lean with my Mexican sister here in Lupita. I just feel like she's a little bit more tenured. A little bit more tenured, a little bit, a little bit, a couple more tools in that toolbox, which when you're talking about this, this level of, you know, MMA martial arts and, at this division, at their weight class, I mean, we got it. We're, we're we're splitting hairs. I mean, anybody could be anyone on any given day. Everyone's very, everyone has their passive victory. But I just have a feeling, man, Lupita, Lupi Godinez, just has more tools in the arsenal. I think she'll find a way to edge this out by decision. But I have a feeling you're gonna try to talk me out of that decision, man. What do you got? Well, I'm here again, once again, Nano, to tell you why you're wrong. Um, so here's the thing. All right. I like Loopy. I like Loopy Godinez. But her opponent has one loss, not only in the UFC, but in MMA entirely. 
Okay, uh, she has only one loss, and that loss is to Manon Fior. Um, Loopy is not a Manon Fior. It's just, just like I'm calling a spade a spade here. She is not near that level. Um, and Loopy, meanwhile, has losses to Luana Carolina, Jessica Pene Pasta, and Angela Overkill Hill, which I personally think that Baby Shark is a bad matchup for at least two out of three of those women. Um, Considering Tabitha Ricci has wins over one of three of them, I think that's a good start. So uh, I just think Tabitha Ricci is going to go out there. She's going to look like the bigger, stronger, and down to go longer girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, she is going to prove to be a real problem in this weight class. I think women's straw weight is wide open for the taking, especially these days. And let's, again, let's call a spade a spade here. Tabitha is one of those girls that. Again, I'm going to call a spade a spade here. She's cute. She's attractive. She has the gimmick, bringing the little shark stuffed animal with her, doing the baby shark thing. So she's already building a brand for herself, and it's going to be a freaking easy conversation for Hunter and the execs to have to want to push her with one or two more wins. So I think she's right there, and I think this win over Lupi Godinez is going to set her up for big, big things in the future. You're absolutely right, brother. I mean, I do think the winner of this fight has huge implications in front of them. A lot of excitement in that division. And if they can make a statement, I mean, hey, sky's the limit. I mean, they Dana White knows what they're doing. They know they have two shooting stars here that are potentially Klein. You might as well cut one of them off and let's make it definitive and then shoot them to the actual moon. So I agree with that, brother. So in this next fight, uh, we're going to go ahead and skip right past the main event of the preliminary card just because, you know, it's the guy that was supposed to fight Matt Schnell. I'm butthurt about it. And because of that, we're moving past it. Uh, we're jumping right into the main card here, folks. You already know it's time. We are live. We are ready to go. And I'm going to go ahead and let you take the lead here on Pat Sabatini fighting Mr. Diego Lopez. Tell us how you feel. This is a fun one, brother. I mean, I feel really good about it. I feel like I'm, we're getting, oh, I say I, but let me speak for the entire MMA community that will hopefully be tuning into this first fight of the pay per view. So there might be some money involved here, but hey, ask your friends, ask your family, ask anybody else involved there at the party. It's worth splitting because, again, we're talking about a Diego Lopez, somebody that has been proven to be an absolute dog in any fight that he's in, regardless of who's in front of him, regardless of the opponent. One of my favorite expressions is Kamaru Usman saying, hey, I may not be the best at wrestling. I may not be the best at jujitsu. I may not be the best boxer. I may not be the best kickboxer. But when it comes to mixing it together, I'm one of the baddest that there are on the planet. And I do feel like Diego Lopez channels a little bit of that in his game. Again, coming off the couch, being able to, to come in against somebody that most people thought were going to walk right through you. Be able to let them know, no, hey, I'm here to stay. I, I'm no one to be reckoned with. And again, I just think he, he did show a well-rounded mixed martial arts game. And even though he's the dog here, plus 100 odds. So it's not like it's a far-fetched dog to be betting. 
So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and take those underdog odds. And I think that Diego Lopez is going to find a way with more of his, well, with, well, let me just say, Diego Lopez is going to find a way to win this fight. He's going to utilize more of the MMA experience that he has. Because again, he's going against a Pat Sat- Sabatini, who, although he's older than him by four years, and I know I've chosen a few old calves, a few old bucks here, but I'm choosing the other cab on this one. I'm taking Diego Lopez because I do think, again, he's just proven enough to me that he can take the fight in deep waters. He has enough skills in any variety of mixed martial arts on the stand-up game, clinch game, on the ground. Dude can figure it out. And I feel like the MMA is like kind of lining him up to go ahead and catapult into stardom. So I'm taking Diego Lopez by decision. It's going to be a tough fight. Pasabini Sabatini is no one to be reckoned with, but it's going to be a banger, brother. And I do that little hair flip to pass it off because I think Diego Lopez is going to win. And that's his little signature move. But <laughs> what are your thoughts, brother? Well, I'll tell you this. I really like what you said, man. I uh, I thought I honestly don't know if there's much I can add to it um, other than, you know, the fact that I think Mr. Diego, a.k.a. is probably going to go out there and get it done, you know, Uh Uh, and you know, I had to take the dog in this one and I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> can I sleep? Can I dream tonight? I hope this parlay hits. Um, but seriously, I, I, I truly, truly think that Diego Lopez is going to go out there and get it done. Um, and I will play that sound clip every single time he fights moving forward. Just know. Um, obviously, we don't own the rights to that sound clip. Splink 182. Come the fuck on. Everybody knows that. Um, so that being said, please don't give me a strike. Love you guys, YouTube. Uh, he has wins over Gavin Tucker. Most recently got that slick arm bar in the very first round after uh, bouncing back after his UFC short notice debut loss to Movzar Evloev, who literally nobody wants to fight. Uh, let me tell you, actually, every single time Hunter or um, or Dana or anybody else on the top level brass of the UFC texts somebody to fight Movzar Evloev, a week later, they're like, "Where are you?" Swear, swear to God, guys. Uh, <laughs> it was too easy. I'm sorry, the joke was right there. Uh, so that being said, this guy stepped up on short notice, and that's why he's fighting in the UFC. And not only that, that's why he's fighting in the UFC on the main card for UFC 295, folks. Huge card, huge implications for the winners of this card. And he's coming in against a very game opponent in Pat Sabatini. Uh, The man's only two losses in the recent years uh, are James Gonzalez, who he lost via TKO arm injury, right? He got his arm jacked up in that fight. Uh, He got kicked repeatedly, if if I'm uh, remembering correctly. And then his most recent loss was just last year to Damon the Leech Jackson, I'm a big Damon Jackson fan myself. I know a lot of people don't really like him because of his suffocating uh, style, kind of a wet blanket on most people. He got the uh, submission to punches over this man. Now, 
That being said, he's a very game opponent. He's got 11 submissions of his own, five decisions of his own, two KO slash TKOs of his own, and he fights out of Hinzo Gracie Philly. Um, he does, however, have two TKO losses to his name and two decision losses. I think he might end up suffering his very first submission loss. Even though he trains out of a Gracie gym, I think he's probably going to end up getting grappled and then pounded into submission. I think Diego Lopez will hit him with some big shots, hammer fist from the side, hammer fist from the top, and just make him open up and make mistakes. And that's when he will end up getting submitted in this fight. Ultimately, my bet is going to be Moneyline Diego Lopez on this one. And um, when that hits, I'll be going to the bookies yelling, Where are you? Um, you already know what it is. So and I'm not sorry. <laughs> Let's go. That was fucking love fantastic. It. I knew you were going to love that one. Oh, uh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so moving into this next one, probably in the top three fights that I'm most excited about on this fight card. Uh, so, I mean, if you're a listener, if you're a fan of this guy, uh, I'm a huge fan of this guy. Steamrollers, where we at? We're talking about Matt, the Steamroller Frivola. Um, when he's outside of fight camp, he's the weed roller for Vola. You already know he's coming in against Benoit, God of War, Saint Denis. This man is fucking terrifying. Um, but I digress. I'm going with my guy in this one. I'm going with the steamroller. I think uh, Benoit, God of War, Saint Denis is an absolute beast, but he does have that loss to Elysio Zaleski dos Santos uh, under his belt. And I mean, if, if you look in hindsight at his big wins, like Nicholas Stoltz, that's a solid win. Uh, Gabriel Miranda, eh, he got the knockout in the second round. Pretty solid win. Ishmael Bonfim, guy has been shown to be a quitter at this point. Um, he quit on the scales just last week, folks. Uh, and then Tiago Moises, you're talking about a very game fighter, but you're also talking about someone who's been here for some time already. Um and I, I know he's young. I know he just made it into the UFC in 2018. But since 2018, the man's had like 10 fucking UFC fights. Like he's a very active fighter and he doesn't take the necessary time off sometimes. Uh, so, again, Benoit St. Denise, I'm not discrediting everything he's done. But what I am saying is that in this fight, Matt, the steamroller for Vola, I think might very well have his number. Uh, he only has one loss to his name. Does Benoit God of War St. Denise? And that is a decision. Matt, the steamroller for Vola. I mean, like 30% of his wins come from decision. I think he's going to come out there and let's see here. Oh, Drew, Drew says, upset alert. The steamroller ends the BSD hype train. Thank you, Mystic Drew. Let's Ooh. fucking go. Breaking the air horn on that one, Drew. Um, let's see what else he said here. BSD has no head movement and eats a lot of punches. Steamroller stopped Iron Chin Drew Dober. Going with the roll-up. Bro, you know we're going with the roll on this one. We're going to do an extra shot and an extra toke for this guy. Um, come on, guys. You know he's part of the, the, the Longo Sarah fucking parlay, and you know that thing's going to cash. So run that into the ground. Let's, let's 
bet so much on it that the odds shift here, folks. Again, this man has wins, as Drew pointed out, over Drew Dober, Otman Azaitar, Gennaro Valdez. And again, he's fought the Luis Pena's of the world. He's fought the Jalen Turner's of the world. Oh, by the way, he beat Jalen Turner. He got a unanimous decision over him back in 2019. Uh, so th- the man's a fucking beast. Uh, he also has a unanimous decision win over Halsh Manfio. You might recognize that name as a multiple-time finalist for the PFL Million Dollars in that weight class. So, Steamroller! You already know who my bet's with. Nano, your mic is hot. Who are we going with, brother? Sheesh. Oh, man. In the pit of my stomach, I'm going with Steamroller for Roller. Want to be a roller, stream roller. Matt Frivola gonna win this fight, even though it's tough for him, because I'm telling you, Benoit Saint Denis, he's a savage, and he is the Vegas favorite. And and I do have to articulate a little bit of why I feel like that is. And like you mentioned, brother, I mean this guy, 12 and 1, Benoit Saint Denis, aka God of War, which might be one of the scariest games you could possibly think of. Uh, but out of those 12 wins, nine of those are submissions. He is on a four-fight win streak. Yes, he did lose to Elizal Zaleski Dos Santos, which we just talked about on Monday. Dude's an absolute savage. And I don't have his birth certificate, but he might be Frankenstein because I, I think as he gets hurt more, he gets stronger. And as a fight goes longer, all of a sudden he gets better. So that might be a, a loss that may not be as much as Benoit St. Denis, a.k.a. God of War's, you know, fault. But more so him just, you know, going up against a Frankenstein. Somebody that just doesn't go away and might be the Captain America, you know, gif and saying, hey, I can do this all day. So I just with that being said, I, I can see where Vegas is going to lean that direction. Somebody who. Since then, has beat one of the Bonefiend brothers, who fortunately hasn't been able to show up since. Uh, but he did beat a Tiago Mois- Tiago Moises in a very mixed martial arts way. And what I mean by that is, again, not somebody that dominated in one fashion, although he does have nice submissions. But he was able to mix it up very well. He has strong hands. He does have good clinch game. He does have really good ground game. And I do think that's where. If I'm Vegas and I'm, you know, I'm putting my career on it, I might take the guy who can end up having more passive victory. However, I waited there for a little extra animation because I do think Matt, the steamroller for Vola is going to be on top. Shot caller. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a stretch. I'm trying to make it work. Okay. <laughs> They're all not going to stick, but... And, and, <laughs> and I will say, we were talking about Kayo's profile picture on Sheardog. I think Matt Steamroller Favola by far has the best profile picture on Sheardog. Dude, looks like Indiana Jones, okay? And again, I think that's for a reason. I think they know this guy's an absolute savage. And I'm a, and I come from a boxing background, so I do think he's gonna be able to put the some leather. He's gonna be able to put the his mitts on to Benoit, God of War, Saint Denis. I'm taking the underdog here because again, although I do think that Benoit can mix it up very well, 
and you look at the stats, and yes, Benoit's a younger guy. Yes, he he has twice the takedown average that Matt has. Yes, he is a little bit more uh, accurate in the significant strikes, but let's just throw all that aside, okay? I just watch fights how I watch them, and I'm, I like what I see from Matt. Steamroller, frivola. So, all things considered, he's going to find a way to get it done. You already know where my head's at. I, I agree. I think uh, Steamroller is going to get it done. I think he's going to make the God of War look like... Um, I don't know. I got nothing clever to say, but he's, he's going to make him not look like the God of War. I'll tell you that. The Queen of um, Defeat. Ooh. Hey! Because you so... <laughs> Big win. Big win. That was so solid. Thank you, man. I try. I try. <laughs> Uh, even even Rick thought so. Uh, <laughs> That's my actual laugh. <laughs> I thought it was me or Seth Rogen. <laughs> it would be uh, Rick Sanchez. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> that being said, we're going to move into... Gosh, we're brushing right through this card. we got the Coco main event. we got a little girl fight, guys. Um, we're talking about Jessica Andrade coming in against Mackenzie Dern. I'm talking about a darn good fight. You know what I'm saying? Just no way around that. It's a darn, it's a darn good one. Um, let's see what let's see what Drew has to say here in the chat. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, darn, hey, darn." <laughs> so he said, uh, "Darn's going through a lot: a divorce, her gym closing, having to train out of her own home gym. She needs a win to pay her ex." Desperation breeds hunger. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with him. Here. I like that. With that being it. said, I got Jessica Andrade oh. by decision. <laughs> well, that's what a shit I guy. don't like. That's the shit I don't like. <laughs> Buzz, get out of here. Um, I, I think so, my only two cents before you go into your spiel is that Mackenzie Dern comes from a household of MMA, of mixed martial arts, of fighters. She's not worried about it. Drew, you're fucking crazy, man. Oh, that's right. Elaborate. Elaborate about it. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here and elaborate. And uh, I got to start my elaborate breakdown here with uh, a big fat shout out to Drew. And that is Drew. Why don't you go right ahead and yourself you know what i'm saying uh because you, you did you got me um in the chat so you may have won the battle but you ain't gonna win the war especially if you're putting your money on jessica andrage here folks because i'm here to tell you jessica andrage is someone who can always have a puncher's chance when the fight is on the feet 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 say that 10 times fast very very fun phrase um when the fight is on the feet she has a chance but what are the odds that the fight stays on the feet? Guys, did you watch the main event last weekend? I don't need to know if you watched the entire thing. It's okay if you turned it off halfway through, because if you are a casual fan, that makes sense. It was a grapple fest. He did not ground and pound. He just held that person down. Let me tell you about something named Mackenzie Dern. Someone named Mackenzie Dern. A little someone who has recently learned ground and pound, who looks fucking good on the feet as well. She's got Jason Perillo. In her corner, who, uh, I don't know, if you don't know who Jason Perillo is, he's like Wish.com Trevor Whitman. 
or bizarro world Trevor Whitman. And he's basically Trevor Whitman that smokes weed and drinks beer. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. I'm fucking here for it. I think that's money in the bank. Um, big fan of Jason Perillo. Oh, fun fact. Other known fun fact. Uh, he trains Cheeto Vera as well. And Luke Rockhold and other big names. Michael Bisping, etc. The fucking list goes on. So that's why our hands have gotten so much better, folks. And I think this is going to be no different. I could actually see something as crazy as looking into the future and my mind's eye seeing Jessica Andrade on her back getting knocked the fuck out by hammer fists or by something else. Um, I have the flat money line here on Mackenzie Dern, and I personally think it's a Dern good bet here. Hi, Dern. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I feel the same way about it, brother. We, we may have had our odds in the past, but no. In all actuality, this is the perfect example of Somebody that's on the up trajectory and somebody that's on the down trajectory. And, and I love my Jessica Andrade. I mean, Wait, historically are we speaking. Again? I feel like we've agreed more on this card than we've ever agreed. Uh, you guys, have you seen my co host Nano? I don't know if this is him. I think this might be an alien or something here. It might be, but I don't know, man. I mean,. <laughs> I think we just we just like being on the winning side of things. And, you know, although I have we have our differences in all actuality, I mean, we got to call a spade a spade. And as much as we love Jessica Andrade and as much as I want to sit here and defend her, brother, I've been here three times this year. I've been here three times this year trying to defend Jessica Andrade. And guess what's happened every time I try to do that? She's lost. It's not been good. I'm going to take a lot of shots because, you know, we're men of our word and we keep our receipts. And again, I just think that Jessica, unfortunately, at this stage in her career, at only 32 years old. But I'll tell you what, unfortunately, just a little too active. Nobody's telling her to throw the damn towel in. And she's just accepting these fights against absolute savages. Maybe she doesn't know. Maybe that's not her fault. Maybe it's not her manager's fault. Maybe, maybe it's Dana White's fault. But the reality is, as much as she is the type of fighter you love to root for, someone that goes out on their shield, someone that has heavy hands, someone that is well-rounded, the unfortunate reality is we've seen her, I mean, again, three times in 2023 lose to every top prospect that the UFC has thrown against her. And now you want to throw a Mackenzie Dern? Someone... That fights technically, according to SureDog, out of my current town here in Phoenix, Arizona. Although, if you watch Embedded, Mackenzie Dern might as well be from Brazil. Uh, but again, at 30 years old, I mean, approaching her prime, just coming off a win against Angela Hill. Yes, they both share a loss against Yonan Yan. And she might just be a totally different class, which again, she should be fine. Probably Wei Li Zhang pretty soon for the title. But all things considered, I think Mackenzie Dern is on a trajectory that is probably back towards the belt. And I think Jessica Andrade is on a trajectory towards like, you know, Bellator or PFL or something else, unfortunately. And again, I say that with a heavy heart because she's a savage. She 
brings nothing but great fights. She just tends to be on the opposite end of those great fights that we've been seeing. And again, we've seen it three times this year. In 12 months, we've seen it. That's too much for me, man. And and again, go watch those UFC embedded uh, videos on YouTube if, if you don't and you're listening. They are so fantastic. There's at least nine or ten of them every week. And it's like, you watch Mackenzie Dern on there. She looks absolutely fantastic. She looks very strong. She's Her strength and conditioning coach is someone that used to support Vitor Belfort, which, hey, she's passing new side of test, so she's good. She's good. Let, let me say that with a with a clean conscience. She's passing tests. Anderson Silva, Jacare Souza, the list goes on. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best out of Brazil. And if those are her strength coach, that's her strength coach. And if just turn on the tape, she looks freaking fantastic. I mean, her muscle, I mean, her frame, everything. Like, she she's geared up, ready to make that run for the title. And Jessica Andrade is not. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut myself off there. Give me Mackenzie Dern. Probably by an early finish. If not the first, maybe the second. I just... I love Jessica, but man, it's just not looking good for her. She doesn't have a lot to offer. Right? I don't think I'm wrong here. I, oh, excuse me. I, I definitely don't think you're wrong here. I think, um, like you said, she, she doesn't have as much to offer. Right. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, I feel like it's McKenzie's fight to lose here because she's the better fighter. Uh, she's, the younger fighter in her career here. And, you know, even though Drew's being an absolute hater over here in the fucking chat right now, Cheeto Vera, man, got 50-45 to get a title shot. Luke Rockhold, has he woken up yet? Well, all I have to say to you lick, is... Lick, lick, my balls! <laughs> yeah. uh, so, with that being said, dude, yes, you're right. Andrade has only lost to champions or former champions. They weren't all champions when they beat her. Um, but again, I, I think Andrade has shown a, a hole in her game or holes in her game to strong grapplers in the past. I mean, her, her biggest recent losses were to Aaron Blanchfield and Tatiana Suarez. And both of those were submissions in the second round. Jan Saunam was able to get the KO punch on her in the very first round. So, I mean, if we're looking at Jan Saunam and Mackenzie Dern, like, Yes, John has a win over Mackenzie Dern. She got that win over Mackenzie Dern right before she got the win over Jessica Andrade. Uh, but she wasn't able to finish Mackenzie Dern. Someone who wasn't able to finish Mackenzie Dern that was able to very dominantly finish Andrade in the first round. That I know MMA math isn't supposed to add up. But by golly, I'm back in Dern on this one, folks. I think she's going to go out there and I think she's going to get it done in the second round, if not getting it done in the very first round. Um, moving into the co-main event of the evening, got Sergey Mother F and Pavlovich coming in to fight Tommy Aspinall on semi-short notice. Uh, he was preparing to be the backup. Tommy Aspinall is the one really fighting on short notice here. Uh, and they're fighting for a vacant heavyweight belt, essentially, because I don't know that John Jones ever fights again, and Stipe is probably not going to fight if it's not John Jones. So I think this is going to be a very fun fight, and I think we're going to see 
whoever wins this is probably going to be the kingpin of the heavyweight division for the next five to six years, or as long as they want to do this, honestly. Um, how do you see this one going, Nano? I'll let you take the lead here. Thank you, brother. Yeah, this is a fucking fantastic co-main event. And like you mentioned, brother, this is on two weeks notice. And yeah, it's time. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, even Tom Aspinall mentioned it, bro, in his freaking mm-hmm. interview with uh with Oscar. Shout out Oscar, the boy. Um But yeah, I mean he mentioned like, let's be honest. What you talking about like, Willis? Oscar see Willis, see thank there. you, bro. See what there? Oscar Willis, hey. Oscar Willis, check him out, y'all, on Instagram. He's the boy, or YouTube, or all platforms. But again, like he asked him straight up, like, hey, like, you know, how do you feel about this fight? And, and Tom very transparently said, hey, let's be honest, like two weeks is not enough notice for not not enough to fully prepare in a camp the way a professional would like to. And, and Sean, Sugar Sean O'Malley, I mean, that's my boy. I'm going to bring it back up every chance I can. But he was just on Ariel Hawani's show. And he mentioned, too, like, he would never, he would never take a show notice fight. And, again, he's like, yo, I'm a professional. He's like, I have once, maybe twice, maybe three times. And unless you're Jessica Andrade, maybe four times. Or unless you're Alexander Volkanovsky or Israel Adesanya, maybe you have four times. Or Kevin Holland or Kamzat Jamal. Maybe you have four times, but it's typically one, two, three times to perform in a calendar year. Like, that's it. And all things considered, like, honestly, like, I don't want to sound like a prima donna, but yo, I, I don't want to take those extra risks. Like, I only have a couple of chances to perform. Like, yeah, I would prefer not to do it without a proper training camp and everything considered. And so, when I heard that about Tom Aspinall, Aspinall saying that, I'll be honest, I was very worried. Because going into this fight, when you look at Sergei Pavlovich, somebody that is freaking 6'3", someone that has an 84-inch reach, somebody that basically virtually knocks everybody out that he fights. Again, he's 18-1, and 15 knockouts. You've seen what he does to Curtis Blades. My boy Ty Tuivasa, Derek Lewis. These are all of the who's who's it makes them look like mincemeat. And and it's not it's not high level striking. It's not something that's going to. that you know, maybe you're going to show your kids and say, hey, this is the best of the best. I mean, but bro, <laughs> just with sheer power, sheer will and just pressure. I mean, I love talking about pressure, you know, because that makes diamonds. And that's one of our favorite fighters of all time. You know, Dustin Diamond Poirier. But Again, I mean, pressure makes diamonds, and Sergey Pavlovich provides nothing but sheer pressure when he is in that octagon. And his fucking laundry list of skulls in his closet are very, very, very impressive. However, I gotta add a little extra. However, Tom Aspinall, man, y'all gotta go watch that UFC 295 countdown. And if you're not a fan of either one of those fighters after that, then y'all don't have a pulse. Because I was definitely leaning one way or the other. But when it, everything's considered Thomas, I don't think that's his real name. I think it's Tom. I just wanted to be formal. Tom Aspinall, <laughs> somebody that grew up in the sport of mixed martial arts, somebody's father who owned a jujitsu gym, somebody who was 
well-renowned in in the British area, and bargain with another talented coach in in that same area to say, "Hey, I'll I'll teach you jujitsu if you teach my son how to fight." Fast forward, you know. Again, I mean. Tom Aspinall, 30 years old. I'm turning 29 in uh, five days here, so a year older than me. I'm just going to consider myself a laddie of Tom Aspinall. We're cuff him, same cloth. And again, having a father that grew up in that background and Tommy growing up in that same cloth, okay? This guy was in grappling tournaments since he was young. Again, go watch the CFC 295 countdown. It's Netflix documentary-esque quality. I don't want to give away all the spoilers, but again, Tom Aspinall has grown up in fighting, and the one thing he's been taught, and I don't want to steal your thunder here at Olin, aka MMA Anomaly, but he is an MMA Anomaly in the heavyweight division because he's so darn fast. He makes fast people look not fast, and I do think that's his edge here. When it's all said and done, not only do I think he has an edge on the ground game, He's grown up, black belt, jujitsu. He knows what he's doing there. But when you watch Tom Aspinall throw his gloves around and, and actually put his tools in in motion, he's fast. And I do think speed kills. And as much as I love Sergey, and as much as I do think he is genuinely, basically untouchable, Let's fast forward. Let's rewind. Let's pull a little Loki season two here. Let's do a little time, uh, you know, space traveling here. And, and let's go back to 2018, November 24th. And Sergey Pavlovich did get TKO'd by a Alistar Overeem. And what does Alistar Overeem represent? High level striking. Someone unique that we've never seen in the UFC. I think Tom Aspinall is that new class day and age heavyweight champion. So I'm going to get off my soapbox here. I'm leaning Tommy Aspinall because, again, I just felt like after watching that countdown and after breaking down a little more film, as much as I do think that Sergey Pavlovich probably has that Ivan Drago power, probably the best pound for pound puncher in the UFC, I'm taking the best fighter. I'm taking the guy with the Biggest why. The guy that grew up watching mixed martial arts. Not on DVDs. Like Sergei Pavlovich. I'm talking about his father actually raised him to be a mixed martial arts champion. To go in the UFC. And they had a hard time finding opponents for him. <sighs> Give me Tommy Boy. I mean. I'll eat me. Or... Talk me off the ledge, but brother, I think this is his fight. I think this is the time. I think we're entering the Aspinall era. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to talk you off any ledges because I, I think I'm standing on the same exact ledge with you, my guy. Um, if I'm being honest here, I, I truly feel like we are uh, two peas in a pot. We are in the same boat here. And uh, I, I just think that truly... Tommy Aspinall is just going to be too much. He's going to be too strong. He's going to be too fast to to everything uh, for this man to deal with. And it's going to be extremely hard. Um, Again, I I just, I truly think that 
he's one of those guys that is going to be disappearing like a fucking Naruto character out there, guys. Um, he's too fast. Again, he is somebody that is unsuspecting, right? This man trains with middleweights. He trains with smaller guys and he's able to keep up with them. And for those of you that have watched Naruto, I mean, like the guy pulled the ultimate Rock Lee fucking philosophy here. Like going back to early day Naruto, tuning exams, right? Like he was telling, you know, people were like, oh man, aren't you, aren't you nervous to go? Or are you excited to go? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't want to go next. And they're like, what? You were so excited to go. And he's like, no, I'm saying I don't want to go next. That way I will for sure go next. Tom Aspinall has said so many times, I don't want to be quickly pushed into the title shot. I want to have a slow build to the top. I want to take my time. I want to take my time. I want to take my time. And the UFC came back and said, hey, son, we'd like to see you fight for a title shot. Uh, so here he fucking is fighting for a title shot. And again, going back to the Naruto references here, I truly, 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 truly feel like the man is going to get it done out here. I think, again, he's just going to, He's going to be too fast, right? Like his ability to simply be there and then not be there, which I know sounds like rudimentary or, or stupid, but it's, it's simply a fact. The man has the ability to be there and then not be there like very quickly. And then he's on top of you. He's taking you down. He's getting a heel hook on you or, or getting some kind of crazy, like, Submission that you've never seen before in training as a heavyweight. And again, like if it's a standing battle, I know that Sergey Pavlovich has crazy, crazy strong hands. He's going to be throwing them big hands. You know what I'm saying? I, I can see those fists flying from a mile away. But if I can see him flying from a mile away, so will Tommy Aspinall. And again, he's going to put his hands together like a little Naruto ninja and he's gone. You know what I'm saying? You're hitting air. You know what I'm saying? He's gone. So, um, man, <sighs> you hate to see it, but I just, I think this is a bad matchup for Pavlovich. I think Sir, or I think uh, Tommy Aspinall is just going to be the man, the myth, the legend. He's going to go out there and get it done. And he's going to be a fucking terrifying matchup for most of, if not all of the heavyweight division moving forward. So we are once again in agreement here, folks. Um, I love it, brother. I love it. Shot time. I'll do a shot to that. Salud. Cheers, my guy. Drinking from the bottle like a true, like a true MMA degenerate. You love to fucking see it, my guy. <sighs> Can't run to the kitchen. No, I'm tired because we live, y'all. But again, hey, I mean, a couple more That's points. Dedication, my guy. Tom Aspinall. He was training since he's been growing up in martial arts. He has trained with four previous. Uh, UFC fighters and the fifth UFC fighter that is a household name that y'all might know is a Darren Till. This dude was given Darren Till looks before he was even in the MMA, before he was even an amateur fighter. He was given Darren Till looks. Did he not Darren fight Till with Tyson Fury Till? Am I tripping or did he not fight with Tyson Fury as well? Ask no, that was all. Darren Till. That was Darren Till. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. He did fuck around with Tyson Fury as well. He, like, he, he was brought in to give yeah. him some looks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, again... It, That's probably where Tyson Fury learned his elbow that he threw against Francis. Sheesh! Nothing. Francis won that Nothing. fight. No, it's a, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're talking about somebody that grew up 
fine. I mean, just in mixed martial arts. And again, as much as I love someone that has like the strongest potential punch per meter, you know, recording, I'm, I, I gotta take I gotta take the MMA fighter. The best dude that can mix it up. So I had to throw that in there because he's trained against, and there were a lot of other uh, dudes from the UK fighters, like early day UFC guys. You would probably know them. Unfortunately, I didn't recognize a lot of those guys. But then they throw Darren Till in there in the UFC countdown. I'm like, oh, when you know, before like before all his tats and any of that, I'm like, oh, he's literally training there with Darren Till. Like, okay, I like that. You're like, yeah, yeah, I like so, this. I like this a lot. I like this a lot. This guy's been getting after it. <laughs> And yes, I think I, I do see some reports here back in September that uh, Ty, uh, Tom Aspinall was a sparring partner for Tyson Fury. So, yeah, I like Sheesh. it. Sheesh. Love that. Uh, well, that being said, guys, it's it's time. Um, it's time for the main event. The main event of the evening. We got Yuri Prakaska coming in against Alex Pereira. Guys, I mean, this one is one that I'm very, very excited about here because, honestly, we have someone who basically claims to be a a modern-day ninja, basically like the, the, the new modern-age karate kid, a little coming in against a man who I think might think he's an actual animal. Like, he, he comes out there and just, like, does these, like, crazy... I have a fake bow and arrow poses and there's awesome fucking edits of like lion roars behind him of him doing the pose all. And it's honestly crazy good. Um, that being said, it's a samurai versus an animal. And last time I checked samurais eat animals. Um, but I digress. I have further thoughts on this. And I don't want to sway Nano either which way here. So Nano, let's let's I'll let you take the lead on this one. Let's hear your thought. I appreciate it, brother. Man, this is a freaking fantastic main event. And our boy Alex Pajeda, I mean, never ceases to amaze. I mean, everything this guy's involved in is nothing but sheer violence. And like you mentioned, I mean, I think one of the best narratives that for any casual, anybody that's listening right now. Y'all need to understand UFC 295 is the clash of a samurai versus a warrior. Okay. We're talking about a Czech Republic, Yidi Prahashka, somebody who since, I mean, really since the time he stepped in the octagon here in the UFC, I mean, brother, he's been nothing but fantastic. Unorthodox. We need to acknowledge unorthodox. And not unorthodox like Israel Adesanya. Not unorthodox like... <laughs> not unorthodox like like any other fighter you've ever seen in the UFC. We're talking about somebody that is just like no nothing we've ever seen before. And the reason being, I mean, yes, he's a samurai. And, and why he goes by that, because obviously in the UFC, in the Octagon, you can't bring any weapons. There's no actual swords to be had. But he might as well be acting like he has a sword in there. He's out there throwing limbs, using his elbows, using his knees, using his fists, backhands, spinning, every 
thing that you can think of that most people have never thought of in the OC as weapons. So Yuri Bahashka, again, let me just reiterate. Although he has not been in the UFC long, at 29 and 3, 31 years old, this guy has 25 knockouts. 25 knockouts. I just need to like let that sit. I mean, goodness gracious. And even like like as much as I've like going into this. I'm like, okay, I know Yuri. You know, I'm, I know his style. But when I realized, like, this unorthodox, like, funky style has 25 out of 29 finishes in his career, I really had to look at myself and think, no, no, like, why is this guy, like, not, like, postered on your wall? Why are, is this guy not a household name? And I think we might forget that he basically tore his entire shoulder off his arm like a freaking Mortal Kombat finisher move. And though he was a champion, and though he did beat Glover Teixeira, which I've told you candidly, that was one of my favorite fights in the last couple years. Like, in the last two years, that's probably been my favorite fight, is Glover Teixeira versus Zira Brahashka. And he found a way to sneak a submission victory in there. And throughout that fight, what did I see? A lot of holes. And I'm excited for you to break that down. But Yuri Brahashka is somebody that is just so unorthodox. He he leaves himself in these positions that are vulnerable. But I think in his point of view, it's it's him and his flow state. It's somebody that is is willing to play a little bit of bait and switch, a little bit of cat and mouse willing to gamble a little bit more to for a bigger reward and and he can't potentially land on an Alex Pajeda and he does have that submission background there but I'm going to switch gears a little bit here and I'm going to tell you why I think Alex Pajeda is probably going to find a way to win here and I think the middleweight champion here the UFC and the middleweight champion in kickboxing will find a way to be the light heavyweight champion, not only in, in kickboxing, but here in the UFC as well. I think champions find a way to continue to be champions. And again, I think stylistically, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Alex Pajeda here. We're talking about Poetan. We're talking about someone that's built from stone. Someone that's just next level. And I do think stylistically, like from a, MMA perspective, the two uh, skills, the two tools that Alex is going to use here in this fight is that back leg uh, calf kick, you know, from the orthodox position. That calf kick is going to neutralize Erie. And then that left hook, like we've known, that we've seen beat one of the best pound for pound fighters in our era, Israel Adesanya. He's done it twice here in kickboxing and in the UFC. I think Alex Bejeda, like obviously having that in the arsenal, but more so being at not 185. We're talking about 205 here. We're talking about no weight cutting. We're talking about just being pure fighters, just man, pound for pound, mano y mano. Man, I'm going to take the kickboxing champion. I love the samurai. I love his unorthodox ability in Yuri Brahashka, but I just... 
Can't bet against my guy, Alex Boaton. <sighs> but it won't be easy. It won't be easy. And I will say this fight will not see the full five rounds. So if you're going to tune in, tune in early. Because it, it will... <laughs> the longer it goes, the more shocked I'm going to be it happens. But let me hear it break down, brother. Talk to me. Well, I... Uh... I, I, I think this might be the fucking Twilight Zone, to be honest, because we are agreeing more than we have ever agreed in the entirety of the show. I almost want to go against my, my better judgment here just to have some kind of like differentiator here. I mean, you're killing me here, dude. Um, but seriously, in all reality, I I think you made really, really solid points. If if anything, you made every point I was going to make. Um, Alex Alex. Pajeda is an absolute stud, um, former kickboxing champion. He's got three wins over the former champion in Israel, Adesanya, Adesanya. Um, Yuri Prakaska, meanwhile, across him, has more than three times the tenure in mixed martial arts. So if he does decide to go to the well, it could be bad. However, the guy across from him, the guy we're talking about here that thinks he's a fucking animal... Alex Pereira, he trains with Glover Teixeira. Alex Pereira, Glover Teixeira, Alex Pereira, Glover Teixeira. It's very fun to say their names back to back. Um, and they're close friends. They play pranks on each other. And by play pranks on each other, I mean Alex Pereira uh, plays pranks on Glover Teixeira. Not really vice versa. Um, but very, very fun dynamic between those two. I don't think that Jiu-Jitsu is going to be a problem for this guy because he trains with one of the better guys in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, so... Gary Prokoska, he presents mostly a stand-up game. He's coming off of a gnarly shoulder surgery. Dana classified it as the worst shoulder injury he has ever seen in the history of the sport. You don't come back the same after that. Like... That's crazy. Just I mean, I, like I'm someone that used to pitch back in the day. Like, any soldier injury, like surgery all that and 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 again i don't want to keep referencing ufc 295 countdown but he yuri specifically says he broke it he tore it or broke it in four different places like i don't know i mean let's just do like the anatomical math here i mean that's everywhere your shoulder goes that's basically ripped the fuck off i mean jesus christ <sighs> yeah it's bad it's bad um so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a gnarly injury, and he's coming back from that. You got to think he's not going to look the same. This is also his first fight back since that injury. So, again, he's it's going to be his first time getting hit, like really hit. Um, something else that's notable is every video we see of him is like him locking himself in a dark closet with the belt, nothing but the belt. Um, like, we never see him sparring with any high-level opponents or training partners. And I love, I love the whole like, like karate warrior samurai shit that he's doing. I love it. I'm buying it. I'm eating it up. But at the same time, like, I think Nate Diaz said it best when he said it to Connor. Like, who the fuck are you train with? This top level. Like, who are you train with? That's good. So like, I'm trying to see who he trains with. That's good. Who's he train with? This top level. Um, putting on my best Nate Diaz there to try and find out. You know, like I'm literally looking around here for his training partners. Like, where are you? And I can't find him. Uh, so, like, who does he train with? Um, 
again, BJP, which I, I don't really know what that means, but that's his nickname, Jerry Prakowska. He is, I think, going to meet a better man in Alex Pereira. And I'm going to jump in the chat here and pull up Drew's message. Alex the Avenger will bring that belt back to Glover. I got to agree with you, man. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Alex the Avenger on over. He's going to get that belt and he's going to bring it back home to Glover. Um, I'm here for it. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. I think the the karate man is going to have to go to a Muay Thai school. And, you know, I mean, we're going to see a kickboxing champ and Alex Pereira put it on him probably. Now, Alex Pereira, it's worth noting he does only have 10 fights in mixed martial arts two of which are losses, right? But Poetan, his only losses are one KO and one submission. That KO was from Israel Adesanya, and the submission was his very first fight, back in jungle fight, right? So back in 2015 was the last time he got submitted. Again, I don't see him getting submitted in this fight, and I don't see Yuri Prokoska bringing an Israel Adesanya level of striking, especially considering the guy openly admitted, I don't know if you know this or not, Breaking news here. Sound the air horns. He admitted that he was actually knocked out cold in that fight against Dominic Reyes. And that when his head hit the mat, it woke him up. Are you fucking... Come on, bro. Come on. Wild, wild. And that was one of his most fantastic finishes was the spinning freaking elbow on Dominic Reyes. But again, he may not have even gotten there had he not just... You know, I mean, I guess by... The grace of the MMA gods there just somehow I'm awake. And and I don't know if you rewatched it because I saw the post and then you rewatched it. I the said footage, it that night. And he did basically just go limb laying on top and was kinda like, Oh, oh, I'm we're we're here. Bro, we're doing I'm, I'm this. Like, yeah. I'm like ninety or eighty percent sure that Drew was here that night. Um it was either either I was watching it with Drew at my place or I was watching it with TN and Jordan at their place when they were here out here. Um but either way I remember watching that fight live and saying, oh, God, he's out. And then as he hit the mat, I'm like, and he's awake. <laughs> and he's back. And he's back. He's all. <laughs> I'm up. Just landed. And, oh, no, we're back. We're, we're I was doing? like, dude, like I would have stood up. If, if I'm Dominic Reyes, I would have been like, all right, cool. Stand up. And just fucking cracked him again. Full he force. tried. Yeah, it was like it was weird. He Yeah. He did hit he him was, one he, more he, time. He, he, like he whipped forward, his hair held Dominic uh, Reyes down. <laughs> he put him in juggle. He was holding him down. He with did that hit him one more, reception. but I, I don't think Dominic. I mean, I think Dominic is still trying to get his wits about him because he was getting pieced up that whole fight too. So oh, they were both getting pieced up that whole yeah. fight, man. I mean, either way, someone he was, was about nowhere. to die. Yeah, he was not ready for that. And oh my gosh, that knockout was so beautiful, though. By I, I truly think that we're going to get a, a pretty phenomenal knockout on Saturday night, but I, th I think it's going to be Yuri Pekoska getting knocked out. And I honestly think he there's going to be a crazy, a like he leaves so many open, he leaves his head on the center line. And when he's not leaving his head on the center line, he does like, sorry, I, I like, I can't even do it when I'm like trying to make fun of doing it bad. Like I can't do bad form or that bad. He does this. Yeah. I have to like make myself do it. He literally, I, like, first I mean, back, I kept my, my chin tucked, but he doesn't do that. When he moves he, his head back, his head is up here, which is just so easy to get knocked out. He moves his head everywhere. Like he 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 makes like unorth. I don't want to say unorthodox because that's not the right phrasing. It's he makes like unfundamental. Like he makes just just as if you were just moving your head, like like trying to avoid a laser beam, 
with no like actual boxing or or mixed martial arts or anything formal any formal training it just looks like he's just moving around to to yeah. get you off your game and then hit you from an angle that doesn't make sense like galactica it just feels like you're just trying to move out of the center beam and yeah he's like the ultimate galactica game i swear it's weird and and again like it's part of his stick and I'm trying to think of someone that like kind of does some of that. I want to say Anderson Spider Silva, but even even Anderson was still a little bit more Muay Thai esque, like very. He still you could tell where his fundamental skills came from. When you watch your Bahashka, you're like, what? What discipline is this? Is it's just? It's, I mean, the hair, I guess, tells me it's some sort of samurai ish philosophy but there's no but discipline silva did it it was disciplined right like it, it was he moved around crazily but like it looked like someone that had trained for 25 years in muay thai that also happened to watch a lot of fucking anime and probably read a lot of comic books like facts just just call it a space and, thing. And, like he saw too many watch... anime scenes where someone was like ah this guy's really good at x y and z i'll give him an opportunity to try that on me like watching silva fight felt like watching an anime protagonist go or, or an anime villain honestly for me because like it took me a while to get on the silva bandwagon because like he basically killed all my heroes so like I know, it was hard to get on that bandwagon like stefan bonner I god know. rest in peace um the what he did to stefan bonner was disgusting like Stefan Bonner, in my opinion, was very scary for the fact that if he gets you against the cage and cuts you off against the cage, you're fucked. He's going to destroy you. I'm sorry. You're um, he's going to destroy you. Right. Like, so what did Silva do? Like he opened up on him for like 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds. And then at one point he's like, all right, backs up against the cage and says, come on. This is what you do, right? I'll, I'll let you do your thing. It felt like an anime scene. And there's so many times where like, he's fighting someone and it's like, well, this is what you're known for, right? Cool, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then he made a miss. And I remember he caught him with a knee to the solar plexus so hard. You see for like a, a an 18th millionth of a fucking second, you see Stefan Bonner's feet come off the mat from that, sol- that solar plexus knee. And then he just falls to his knees. And I'm like, the first time watching it through, I was like, that didn't finish Stefan. Did he like throw that fight? Did he, was he paid off? And then I watched the replay and I'm like, Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> like disgusting. That's How tough. Hard it That's, tough. That's tough. Yeah, bro. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points, brother. And again, I mean, for, for someone like, from like Alex, I mean, what I feel is that, I mean, he's yeah, just too much power. Like he, it's someone that, Yeri has never seen. Not a yeah. lot of people on this face of Earth have ever been hit by someone like Alex Pajeda. And I do think the one scapegoat that got Yeri out of the Glover fight, and a lot of his fights, and he does it almost in a cocky way, but he'll take those punches and kind of eats it off like, oh, I'm getting stronger. Is that all you got? And it's like, no, hold on. You're getting fucking teed up on my guy. And... Alex Pajeda is not the guy to just jokingly take a jab or to accidentally take a counter left hook. Like, brother, that will put you in the nether realm. So that's where I also think, like, as much as I love seeing it and 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 think that all this rhythm and chaos and 
you know, me, myself, and Irene, Jim Carrey doing his own little, you know, chaotic boxing. It's like the reality is like you can do all that all you want, but for 25 minutes, if you don't think this cat is going to eventually find that counter punch or just when leather touches you, like that's just different. I mean, it, it's not Glover Dixera. Like it's not, I mean, and I mean, I'll, I'll quickly run through. Let me just quickly look at, I mean, Dominic, Dominic Reyes, I mean, Alex Bejeda, Dominic Reyes, Power. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about nine day difference here. But and that's a, and that's but the next. I will say we're talking about the same guy that beat John Jones and Dominic Reyes. Like uh, we got to put some true. respect on that's him. That's true. Him. I mean, I would he's say he's kind of falling from grace. But in, in in the first three rounds of any fight, Dominic Reyes is a fucking dog. And even that fight, he was. I mean, it wasn't like Erie was just. Making mincemeat out of Dominic. He I mean, wasn't teeing off on him by any means. These guys Dom were, were teeing off on each other, son. He had his moments. Yuri was just able to dig a little deeper and yeah. been able to to again weather that initial storm. But I mean that that Alex Pajeda storm at two oh five when you're not can wait. It's a different storm. A different hey, storm. what up, Z? Welcome to the chat. Saw. Love to see it. Is that your thoughts on this card? Oh, and- dude, what's up? Z's doing a raid right now on the channel. We appreciate it, brother. Welcome Come to the out. channel, newcomers. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel uh, or, or give us a follow. And yeah, we appreciate you, man. We're just at the uh, the tail end of breaking down UFC 295. We are talking about the main event of the evening. Um as Bruce Buffer would say, the main event of the evening. We're going over Yuri Prakaska talking are coming in here against Alex Pereira. Um, yeah, man, for, for a rare change of pace, me and Nano are actually on the same boat here, and we're both leaning towards the young man with less than a third of the amount of experience coming up a weight class into enemy territory here. Uh, we're, we're both taking Alex Pereira. Yeah, not necessarily the younger man, young man at 36, even though Yuri's 31. Uh, but yeah, we, we do feel that Alex Bejeda just has that next level power. It's just something about him being champion. I mean, it's just, he's built a little different. I think we're taking the warrior over the samurai on that one. And he is the Vegas favorite. Yeah, I think we do agree. We're, we're taking Aspinall, the other Vegas favorite in the co-main event. And I think we're both taking Mackenzie Haggard Dern as another Vegas favorite. So as much as we like our underdogs and our MMA anomalies around here, I think we're we're in agreement that Vegas might be right on this one. Vegas might be right about it. Um, <laughs> and that being said, guys, that moves us into the next segment here. We got to go over some bets here, folks. Um, before we get into our little bet versus bet here, this is just a completely unrelated side one. I'm not counting this towards the main stuff here, uh, folks. I would be remiss if I didn't go through the Sarah Longo parlay, folks. We got not one, not two, but three of these two gentlemen's fighters on the card. That's right. We got Ray Longo and Matt Sarah, two of the funnest trainers in the game here. Um, You might remember 
Ray Longo from that memorable moment. We were just talking about Anderson Silva before this, actually. That memorable moment where Anderson Silva was going in against Chris Weidman. It was going into the final round. And Chris Weidman's coach that you can see popping up from the bottom of the screen here, Ray Longo, walked up to him and said, I want you to go out there and punch a hole through his fucking chest. And um, that's exactly what he did. He, he basically swung like he was swinging for the fences towards the chest right as Anderson Silva ducked down to dodge a strike and pop right on the money. It hit him on the chin. And the rest is history, as they say. So jumping into this parlay, we got all three of the folks that they train. We got Dennis the Bazooka Bazookia coming in against his opponent, Jamal Emmers. He's a plus 225 dog. I already went over this earlier. I think he has everything in the gas tank and everything in the arsenal to get this one done. And then next, we got Nazim Sadikov. Again, this guy is dangerous, folks. He has venom in his hands, venom in his feet. Oh, and he's got grappling to boot. He's coming in against Slava Claus, though. It's no easy boot. It's no, no easy night at the office here. But... He's coming in at a minus 130 favorite or, you know, borderline pick him here. Had to throw him on the card. And the last but certainly not least, you know we had to get those dog odds on Matt. The steamroller for Vola. Plus 185 odds on this guy coming in against Benoit, the God of War, Santanis. That's a three-pick parlay. That's plus 1,538 on those uh, odds there. And you know we had to put four units down to win 65.5 units. Let's turn and burn, baby. Uh, moving into the very next one. Let's see what we got up on the list here. Nano, we'll let you go ahead and take the lead here. Let's go. Jive Turkey's getting a little jive with it. I, I'm, you know, spreading the wealth, you know, as I typically like to do, put on my eggs in one basket. But no, not this time around. It's a pay-per-view. We're going to have a little extra fun with it. So I, the Jive Turk is going to start on the left side here. Going to get a little two-pick parlay. And this one, my, my thought process is, let's be honest, I don't think either of these two main event or co-main event are going to sniff a decision. The judges are not going to be needed in these events. So starting off round two, someone's going to lose in round two against Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall. Feels a little risky, but again, I feel like round one can be a little bit of a fill-out process, a little bit slower than we usually think. And let's think about this, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Tom Aspinall coming off an injury, coming off a quick victory. Yes, I know both of these guys average the shortest fight time in the heavyweight division, both of them respectively. But what happens when you see two styles clash against each other? Sometimes you do see the opposite effect here. And I do think because they both are going to have so much respect for each other's uh, striking. And because we're talking about not just an average fight. We're not talking about a 15-minute bout here. We're talking about an interim championship fight. 25 minutes. Main event of the evening. So, again... They're going to take that first five minutes to feel each other out. But by the second round, mock my words, someone will be on top. There will be a new heavyweight crown. There will be a new heavyweight era. And it was hard for me to fully definitively pick Tom. So I'm just going to say, eh, someone's going to win the second round. And the same thing here with the Yuri and Alex fight. And honestly, again, I by decision, feels like 
high odds feels like, okay, well, what are we thinking here? Like someone should knock someone out. But again, when you have two great stylistic fighters, two guys that both have championship pedigree. And, and again, I mean, Alex has, they both have seen fifth round decision win, or uh, they both have been to the fifth round. They both have gotten uh, decisions or victories in those fifth rounds, not decisions. I apologize. They both have gotten a victory, whether it's submission or knockout in the fifth round, but they both are able to make it there. And so I just feel like no one's actually going to actually make that edge up. I think they're both great warriors. So I think someone by decision will eventually take over there and I'm getting some good odds. So we're going to throw some unis on that two pick parlay next, this big, sexy beast six pick parlay i'm gonna start with lupita godinez this feels like i mean if you're gonna ask Olin, he'd say this is a long shot but we're taking the vegas favorite here i disagree Lu- <laughs> again we're taking the <laughs> vegas favorite because this guy this gal i should say um is, is very game she's someone that has a lot of tools and i think she'll find a way to edge out a victory against a tab with a baby shark ricci again she's not a megalodon she's a baby shark so until she grows up i'm taking lupita next diego lopez i don't know if we thank you brother right on cue and i'm so sorry for having doubts that you were not gonna play that <laughs> <laughs> because again, Diego Lopez, I mean, it's proven to be an absolute savage. We're getting him a plus odds here. So give me that plus one Oh two Diego Lopez. Where are you here for my parlay? That's where he is. Matt steamroller Favola. He's going to find a way to edge out a victory here. I do think God of war is someone to be reckoned with, but this is going to be the biggest save in Matt Favola's career. Matt, Sarah and Ray Longo are going to have him coached up. He's going to find a way to use that boxing background. To edge out a victory. Next, Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> Hello, how you Dern? Referencing a little, uh, little Wayne there. But I just think Mackenzie Dern again, like we mentioned earlier, she just has all the tools. She looks great, and she'll find a way to take out Jessica Andrade and probably send her into Bellator or PFL or somewhere else. I'm on Ezzy's last two here. And I'm hesitant, but Tommy Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, here we go. He's going to find a way to win. I'm, I'm going to take the speed and I'm going to take my uh, heart on this one and take the Vegas favorite at minus 118 odds. And then last but certainly not least, El Poetan to edge it out, partially leaning towards the Vegas favorites. But again, I just feel like, oh man, when it's all said and done, these are guys that I would not want to bet against. And I think they have enough tools in their arsenal. To get it done. Last but certainly not least, we're getting some more positive odds here to make those three unis into a whole lot more. Uh, Diego Lopez doubling down there on, you know who. Where are you? And then last but certainly not least, Matt Frivola and then Mackenzie Dern. Just feel good about it, you know. Again, I'm just doubling down here, chasing those same odds, but. I'm still looking at those matches and I'm thinking I feel good about it. So go big or go home on this UFC pay-per-view 295 and my birthday weekend. So hopefully some of that birthday juju rubs off here. Shout out all my Scorpios. Come on. 
You love to see it. You love to hear it even more. And moving right into mine, guys. So we got a little uh, look left, look right, look up, look down. We got a couple of different things going here. Kind of a weird, funky layout, but it does the job here, folks. So <coughs> jumping right into the very first fight on the picks. Where are you? There he is. We're talking about Mr. Diego Lopez himself, folks. Uh, if you don't know why I keep playing this clip. Where well, that's because he has the same exact haircut. He looks like he was pulled right out of the music video and um, right out of the music video and right into our hearts as fans. Diego Lopez, you might recognize him as the jiu-jitsu coach from Alexa Grasso, and we love to see it. He's getting a shot here against Pat Sabatini, plus 100 dog. Anytime you can get dog odds on this, Scott, you got to take him, and uh, that's why we're taking him. Moving forward into this three-pick parlay, we got Matt the Steamroller for Vola, Coming in at plus 185 odds here. Again, when you get plus odds on this guy, when you get dog odds on this guy, you got to take him, folks. You just simply got to take him. The man is an absolute beast. He's going to come out there. He's going to put the steam rolling on this young man in Benoit St. Denis, and he's going to get it done. I think he's going to actually get it done in emphatic fashion. I think he probably gets it done in second round knockout or a... Uh, unanimous decision where he makes it look pretty textbook here guys um moving into the next one if i'm being completely honest i think this is going to be a pretty darn good fight but i also think that Dern is going to be the one to cash the checks and take our money right to the bank here so she's coming in against jessica andrade who's been on a bit of a downhill stumble here and uh, i i still think that she's going to be able to get it done um I, for one, am very, very happy about this one. I think that uh, this is going to be a very fun fight, and it's also going to be a good fight to put Mackenzie Dern right back on the map and right back into title contention. So that is a three-pick parlay setting you up with plus 757 odds. You know we had to throw uh, two units on that one. And then moving into the next parlay, it's a five-pick parlay. You know what they say. When you're confident, it's a feeling so nice, you got to hit it twice. So... Five-pick parlay, it's going to be those three to the left that we already went over. I won't drag you through the mud and go through them again, but go ahead and look up now and to the right because we got two more folks. We're going to line them up here. We're going to aim, fire down the barrel, down the pipe. Talking about Tabitha, Baby Shark, Ricci. That's right, folks. We're talking about Baby Shark, do-do-do-do-do-do, beat you up, do-do-do-do-do-do, make me money, do-do-do-do-do, catch that check. Baby Shark, do-do-do-do-do-do, add dog odds, do-do-do-do-do, plus 140, do-do-do-do, make that money. So, Baby Shark, Tabitha Ricci, going to come out here, going to get it done, going to put asses in seats, and going to put dollars in banks. Anytime we can get her at plus odds, you know it's a win. You look at her record. You look at how she stacks up against the opponent here. I'm not saying MMA math works all the time, but fuck, I think it's going to work this time, guys. And that is why we're taking her at dog odds here. Moving on. Jared Flash Gordon. Flash. Oh, he's going to come in here and he's going to save the universe, folks. Minus 185 for a mother effing reason here. You know what I'm saying? Flash mother. Gordon, guys, he is going to get it done. Minus 185. He is the favorite. He's coming in against a fucking Olympian, though, guys. I'm sorry. He's coming in against Olympian, guys. And uh, I still think that the guy gets it done here. Why? Because in the Olympics, you're shooting takedowns when you're doing wrestling. You're, you're getting dominant positions. But one thing you're not doing is you're not having to defend against mother punches and mother 
kicks to the face. Uh, so here's the thing. When he's coming in for a shot, he eats a big flashy knee uh, or a big uppercut down the pipe. I think it's going to be pretty deflating. Um, and you know I'm probably going to have to pack in another six-pick parlay here that's not going to be on this episode uh, because we're probably going to go through this after we wrap up here. Um I don't know why. I just I feel like I'm I'm gonna go with everybody I picked on my DraftKings because I'm again feeling pretty fucking confident, folks. So that's it. That's the picks. Uh, that last five pick parlay is plus three thousand seventy one for the odds here, netting you four units in, eighty point five units out. You know what we say here at the No Filter Podcast: you go big, you go home. Or you die trying. So uh, here we are. We are ready to fucking run it. And I, for one, am psyched. I feel like these parlays are super duper solid. Um, as you all know, we had a pretty solid hit last week here. Um, you know, it was the big winner, winner chicken dinner here. We had these guys, Nicholas Dalby. And uh, that other cool cat, you know what I'm saying? Not even talking about Bucky Moose in the bottom right corner. We're talking about Jailton Almeida. They both got it done, folks. Uh, just in case you missed that, that was two units into 12.6. So we're playing with house money, um, which we were already doing. So we're up net units for, for the year this year. We were up net units for the year, I think, to end last year, just barely. So going to keep that steamroller rolling and uh move right on into it folks i think this is going to be a really solid week for us as far as bets go and um if i'm being honest i think the only thing that's going to be better than these bets is probably going to end up being these fights uh and, and how much we all win as fans um because at the end of the day one of the only things better than cashing a big check on a great fight is just getting to witness a great fight. Um, I, for one, have to admit, I am actually going to be at the fiance's cousin's wedding. Congrats in advance to you folks. Um, going to be missing the fights live, but you bet your bottom dollar I am going to be pulling probably an all-nighter and pissing Mary off to stay up all night Saturday and watch those fights uh, in the hotel. So Let's go. Um, Let's go. You already know what it is. I'll probably uh, pick a bottle up on the way to the hotel so that way I can pay those those shot debts in full. Or who knows? I'm feeling so damn good. Or maybe I'll I have might to not send have any a bottle to do. over to you. <laughs> I might hey, have to send one over. You can Instacart it to me. There we go. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, humble plug humble plug uh so that being said that is it for the card tonight folks um super super psyched with the turnout thanks everybody that tuned in we got a nice little raid on the twitch live stream from authentic z make sure you're following that guy if you're a twitch streamer or just a twitch enjoyer authentic z is uh arguably one of the funnier twitch streamers i follow i actually know him personally irl as the twitchers say which means in real life and uh he brought 12 homies with him here tonight to the live stream greatly appreciate that hoping we got a couple of follows from you guys and uh if you're active on youtube make sure you go follow us on youtube as well it's at mma anomaly on gosh pretty much everything so i'm olin aka mma anomaly your host with me as always is the co-host with the most nano aka jack turkey nano the guy the man the myth the legend make sure you give him a follow on twitter at jive turkey talk give me a follow everywhere at mma anomaly and until next week keep the passion alive for mixed martial arts and uh, as i like to say keep on going and keep on growing and if you're new here old 
or returning, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. We'll see you on Monday to recap all the excitement. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.